Hello and welcome to the Codec Moments podcast. I'm Andy Brown and joining me today is Matthew Holt. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. I forgot to do the whole Twitter thing. Right, well, I'm Codec Moments at Twitter. You are at Clinical Andy on Twitter. I am. So we are the Codec Moments podcast. I was expecting them like the L Dude Brothers. No. <laughs> We're not that bad. <laughs> no. The two amigos. No. Uh, but we are here to talk about games. And it, it's something that popped into my head, I think on Saturday night, just gone. Uh, I was sat there thinking, oh, I've actually got a couple of hours to play a game. What am I going to play? And I saw a massive stack of games, you know, a, a, a virtual stack of games, because most of these are on my hard drive. I didn't know where to start. I thought, I've just realized over the last couple of weeks, I've, I've bought quite a few titles either things in sales or new releases, and I haven't got around to playing any of them. So I've got South Park sat in its wrapper on the shelf. I've got Patient Zero from Hitman that I'd barely started the first mission on. I've probably got a little bit too absorbed in everybody's golf, which I'm really liking. It's a lot (laughs) of fun. But I realised they're all stacking up, and then I remembered I had a few games on pre-order as well, and we were getting close to release. and. I looked at the ones I pre-ordered that were on release, and then I just realised how many games are actually coming out this week, the week that we're recording this, week ending the 18th of November. So I thought, ah, well, let's have a little chat about the brand new games that are coming and maybe a couple of ones that have been out over the last few weeks that we might be picking up. I think you've twigged I'm doing a year of shame in 2018, and you're now mocking the fact that I've got not only Uncharted 4, but Mad Max still sealed in plastic in my drawer. <laughs> I'm not mocking you, I'm just expecting that you're going to need to build that pile up a little bit more. Mind you, Mad Max will probably take you a good six months. So, Do you know, I've been taking stock of my shame pile on uh, backloggery.com, and um, it is significant. <laughs> well, we know there's one on there that you will have to get finished during your uh, year of shame, and that is Alien Isolation. Oh, God, yeah. I managed to avoid having to do it at Halloween. Yes, you did. You got out of that one. But a full year, nothing else to play. We will get it there. Right to current releases. So as I'm looking at this South Park that's sat there, I, I have a, for those of you in the UK that use Nectar Points, um, Sainsbury's are having a fantastic little bit of a double up week at the moment. So I have a voucher sat there waiting to go and buy Assassin's Creed Origins with. And I've got L.A. Noir, which is technically two copies in the post because the system glitched and doubled my pre-order. And we've got Battlefront 2 coming at the end of this week. So there's, I've, I've got a few hefty games sat around, or at least on the way to me as well, which is probably going to keep me really busy over the Christmas period. But they're not the only things coming out that I'm interested in playing. All right, so well, let's have a let's have a little look at the list you've compiled then. So what's first on it? L.A. Noir, the 4K remaster that's hitting Xbox, PS4, and PC on the 14th of November, which is the day after we're recording this. And it's the full game plus all the DLC with a few graphical tweaks and updates to the city, apparently, make it a little bit more lifelike, etc. It's a game I really enjoyed back on the PS3. I did find the murder mystery aspect, the setting, a lot of fun. And, and the realisation of LA was very nice, but it just felt a little bit sparse. It felt like there wasn't a huge amount to do. It was a good game. I think for me it was a little bit disappointing. It's one of the one of my eleven platinums. So I put a lot of time into it. I think it was disappointing in that it was it was nicely imagined. The city was amazing. Mm. 
it looks stunning even on the PS3. The actual gameplay mechanics of, of being a detective were interesting, going around and finding the clues and bits. I just found it wasn't it wasn't realised, it wasn't fully realised enough. And and I think they'd made more of the interrogation and questioning scenes than perhaps was actually in the final release. I don't know, there was a lot of them. There was a lot of them, but they made a massive thing about, oh, well, you'll be able to look at the facial capture. And, and, it, and you could, you, you had to read. The facial capture was brilliant. But I, I really don't think it genuinely tied in to a lot of the questions. I, I often found that you, you couldn't really ask the question that you wanted to. No. You know, that was it. You, you couldn't always actually frame it in the way that you, you wanted to with the evidence that you already had. You perhaps couldn't put the evidence that you wanted to to people. Yeah. It undermined that storytelling aspect of it a bit, in my mind. No, it, it falls foul of any game like that where you've got to have branching questions in that you are limited on your responses and limited on the the things that you can do. But the idea behind reading the facial expressions to work out whether they're telling the truth or lying or trying to misdirect you or deliberately holding evidence from you, it worked really well. And like I said, the facial capture was superb, especially obviously more noticeable with the actors that you recognised as well. They were brilliantly done. Um, but I'm really interested to see what they've done with the, in effect, the remaster and see if they have managed to improve that to another level because whilst the facial capture was brilliant you could read expressions in it sometimes the lighting and everything was a little bit off on the character versus the scene and you absolutely got pulled out of that simulation like like you said that gorgeous city suddenly became oh of course i am actually still sat in a video game i am looking forward to playing through it again because i did enjoy the story i enjoyed the detective elements and that solving crime around 1930s la is it 30s or was it 40s? I'm trying to remember. Post-war, wasn't it? Yeah, because he'd come back from the Second World War, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, it was post-war. If only I had a copy of COD World War Two, and then I could play them in sequence and really feel like I uh, I was coming back from the war and uh, and solving that's, crimes. Uh, that's another one still in its wrapper. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also out on the Switch. Oh, is it coming to the Switch? Uh, which I think is a uh, really, really good, a really good platform for a game like that to be on. Yeah. Yeah, it is. No, that is interesting. Obviously, it won't be in 4K, but if they can make it work, that full open world, which by all accounts shouldn't be an issue, given that they've managed to they've managed to release Doom on the Switch with almost the same frame rate. They've they've really managed to try. Trans- locked to thirty frames a second on the Switch. I can't remember if it is or not. It's it's a solid frame rate, though, isn't it? It's getting a very good technical write-up. Yeah, from what I've heard, it, even if it's locked at thirty, which I'll, I'll confirm in a sec, it's it's not impacting the actual gameplay, and um, it's ported really well. No, it'd be good. But I can see LA and Noir working really well on that. Excellent. I hadn't realised it was coming to the Switch as well. So yeah, so Doom is running at thirty frames a second and um, looking impressive from what everyone's saying. Yeah, excellent. All right. Uh, well, what's um? So we've got Ashes Cricket. Going on the 16th, which is Thursday, which is probably the day this has come out, so it's probably already out. It's cricket, it's a game, it's about the ashes, and it's out. Have you ever played a cricket game before? No. No, no, I'm just doing obligatory sports game comment that isn't racing. You see, I think the last cricket game I played was Brian Lara Cricket in 99, the PlayStation version. It's been a long time since I've picked up a cricket game on a console. And do you know what? I'm really tempted. If it's any good, I'm very tempted. Really? Yeah. I, you know, I used to love Brian Lara cricket. And I, I think a big part of that is the time in my life where I was at that point and, you know, the people I was hanging around with. 
But I did like a bit of a cricket game, and it's something I feel is lacking in my life now. All right. Well, maybe. Not that I've got time to do an entire test match. <laughs> Probably haven't got time for a 2020 match, let alone let alone a five-day test. But, oh God, it doesn't play out in real time, right? Surely. I, I'm fairly sure it doesn't. Right, okay. Well, fair enough. There's Ashes Cricket coming out. You might be interested in it. In that, in that case, then we might ask if we can get you a review copy of it. We should do that for some kind of charity event. Maybe we should do an actual five-day test on... <laughs> we haven't got that much time. <laughs> Happily do like a full 50, 60, 70 lap race, but yeah, five days of cricket, that'd kill me. Okay, so it's Big Ant Studios bringing you Ashes Cricket. Yeah, it is. I suppose it is an unknown quantity because it's their first licensed sports game. But I suppose it's in a field, if you... <laughs> pardon the pun. Oh... No, but it's in a it's in a field where perhaps there isn't a huge amount of competition that people aren't necessarily going to be able to hold it up against. Not like no, you're bringing out a football no, game true. where you've got well, it's you know people are going to be comparing it to FIFA or Pro Evo. So I suppose it's yeah, it's got the potential to um, do well on its own merit for a sports game as well. At least it's coming at the right time. It's just as the ashes about to start. Yeah, perfect release timing. Okay, so if that doesn't float your boat and you want to wait till Friday. This is the day you're going to go probably spend all your cash in stores. Usually, big releases hit this time of year. We have three landing on the same day. Three very different games as well. So it's not like you'll look at one of them and and choose, oh, do I fancy that genre? Or do I fancy that version of this type of game and this one? No, three very different and all very good. First up, we've got Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2, which we reviewed Lego Marvel Super Heroes. I, I reviewed it and I really liked it. I've got a soft spot for the Lego games, and they've they've always been a lot of fun. That wasn't far off a launch game for the PS4, right? Yes, it was. It was maybe two years after. You're thinking of Lego Marvel Avengers. Maybe I am. In which case, I'm clearly ill-informed, and I'll shut up. Lego Marvel Super Heroes kind of covered the same stuff as the Avengers game, just updated with some uh, links into the newer films at that point. And I imagine Superheroes 2 will just expand that a bit further, jumping on the back of some of the films we've had, like uh, Civil War. And I think it has confirmed that Thor Ragnarok's got some special levels for it and other bits and pieces. So that could be really good because the Lego and Marvel universes just seem to work brilliantly together. Can we get a proper Ryan Reynolds Deadpool cameo? It wouldn't surprise me. (laughs) Whether they put the film in a... I was going to say whether they put the film in the Lego game is one thing, but actually, in the last Lego Marvel Superheroes game, I'm sure Deadpool was the character that was looking after the red bricks, the ones that gives you all the cheats. So he was in it, and it might have been Nolan North who was voicing him. <laughs> might have been. Anyway, it'll be him or Troy Baker. <laughs> well, you know they'll be doing about fifty of the voices between them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's no. I, I'm actually quite looking forward to that. I, I did did properly enjoy it. The team up moves between the different superheroes worked quite well, and uh, they're just easy to play, and you don't have to concentrate too much on them, and they they are just bright and fun, and also means I can play during the daytime if I fancy without upsetting a child. Yeah, your your boss might be a different matter. Yeah, yeah. Well, he doesn't have to see that. What's this PS4 on your desk for? Nothing. (laughs) That's not a PS4. (laughs) You're imagining it. (laughs) Jedi mind trick. <laughs> this isn't the games console you're looking for. If you don't fancy Lego Marvel, or even if you do fancy Lego Marvel, but you do want to hit another open world, then probably, arguably, the daddy of all open worlds is getting another release. It's Skyrim VR. It's getting an entirely new dimension. 
It is. I'm proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm skipping past it. So Skyrim's coming out again. It is a full release, or we're led to believe it is the entire game in virtual reality. And I love Skyrim. It was a fantastic game. Platinumed it on the PSA. I bought two copies on the PSA because I ended up platinum it, trading it, and then decided I did, did want to do all the DLC as well, especially after they fixed the saving bug. I bought the special edition on the PS4 last year. I started playing it again because it's a cracking game. And then I saw the VR release, which I think got announced about two months after I picked up the special edition. And so you can't just buy it as like an add-on. You've got to buy the full game again at full retail price. And decided, yeah, I might not bother with this one. It's that fourth time I can't justify going to buy it, even if it's in, in full VR. I feel, if I'm honest, I feel a little bit cheated having dropped cash on the special edition only to find out a couple of months after that that the VR version was coming and you just have to buy it all over again. So slightly slightly disappointed with Bethesda for that. I understand why they've done it because it will cost money to implement, but it's it's meant I'm not going to go buy it day one. I won't rule out getting it full stop, but I might wait till it's cheap. It would have been nice if they'd included it as an update for the people who bought the special edition because I'm in that boat as well. I, I bought the special edition. Actually, that's one I can finish next year. Mm. But yeah, I, I don't own a VR, but actually it would have been it would have been a nice addition rather than having to go out and buy it again if I ever Yeah, uh, don't get me wrong, 20 quid upgrade. I'd have taken it, and now I understand it won't be a patch that will just enable the VR content. It, it will be a, a reworking of it, but yeah, I just, I know, and I know, and it's going to be a daft argument because I will constantly say there isn't enough full game content on the VR but then I'm sat here saying I'm not going to buy one of my favourite games in VR because I have to pay full price for it. It's, I know it sounds stupid, but it's just the way I feel with it. I, I do genuinely feel a little bit ripped off by it. And I think if I hadn't bought the special edition, this would have been on the pre-order list a long time ago. It's one of those games, though, isn't it, Skyrim, that's um, everyone's got a story about it. Everybody's got their favourite tale of, oh, of yeah. when they've been playing Skyrim. It's an epic game, absolutely epic. I do question whether there's an entire division within Bethesda that is exclusively tasked with finding new ways to implement sales of Skyrim. <laughs> I you know, think there is. Was it last year somebody got Doom running on a printer? You've got to think that there's somebody yeah. in Bethesda with a, a Canon 8710 just going, <laughs> can, can, oh, can I get Skyrim, Skyrim on it? Yeah, how do we switch <laughs> weapons on oh, no. Just use the... Yeah, and also comes out on the Switch on the same day. It does. It does. Not the VR version, obviously. No, but, not the VR uh, version. No, that would be no, um, no. Actually, that'll be on the DS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a mobile version of Skyrim is nothing to be sniffed at. It's quite an accomplishment to get it on there. In, in fairness, Bethesda have actually gone all out with with all of their games, their latest releases, to get them on there. But having Skyrim on the go, I can see that being a real benefit because that is a hundred and fifty hour plus game as it is. Being able to play it when you're sat on the bus or on a train, perfect. That's got to be a system seller for some people. I, I wouldn't be surprised if um, Switch sales take off. Well, not take off. They're doing well as it is. But I was going to say, they've, they've taken there's, off, If there was they? a spike yeah. and an increase. Yeah, it'd be surprising if there wasn't. It is, a, it is an amazing achievement. Like I say, we've got Doom on it as well, and Wolfenstein 2 is coming. Is it early next year? I think Wolfenstein 2 is going to be released on the Switch as well. So I imagine that might mean they're going to put Wolfenstein on the, on the Switch. Maybe they'll bundle them. Yeah. That'd be quite a bundle. That would be. 
So yeah, Skyrim VR is out on Friday the 17th. It's going to look absolutely stunning, that game, mm. in VR. Being able to stand on top of a mountain and turn around 360 degrees and look up and down, that's going to be mind-blowing. Yeah, wait, wait till a dragon lands next to you. You're so going to cave. You're so going to buy it. No, no, you I'm are, not. I'm are. not the, caving. Honestly, by I am next not week, caving. I swear by by Saturday, I bet by Saturday the 18th, you'll have, you'll have totally caved and bought it. No, no, I'm not. And I'll <laughs> tell you why not. Because of the other game that's going out on Friday that uh, is probably going to be controversial to some of our listeners on, on why we both pre-ordered it and why we're quite excited for it. But it's um, Star Wars Battlefront 2. I haven't actually. I thought you had them. No, I said I, said I might, but I, I haven't yet. I do keep meaning oh. to. All right, then. So there's, there's one of us that's pre-ordered it. The other yeah, one that well, says he might do. One of us is just lazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and the other one will just go to the supermarket on Friday morning and buy it. Yeah, you know it. You know it. That's exactly what I did with yeah. COD, which is still in its wrapper. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to buy COD this year, except... Except on the morning of release when I'll go to Sainsbury's and pick it up before work. <laughs> but yeah, no. Yeah. You'll do the same with Battlefront. I'll, I'll send you a message after it's arrived a day early and uh, you'll see me playing it and, and you'll go and get it. But I am looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to a solid single player campaign. Five hours or not. Don't know how long it is actually at the moment, but um, I'm not expecting a massive campaign, but I'm just expecting a lot of fun. Given the detailing and the way they've presented the multiplayer with the last game and the new game, I think it'd be great. It is and one of the and was one of the nicest things about Battlefront from two years ago is that you could just pick up and play. It wasn't something you absolutely had to grind to get the best out of it. It was very easy, arcadey. And just enjoyable. And I know they've tweaked a lot for the second one to increase the progression. They've added a few things that we'll discuss in a second that people aren't happy about. But from the demo that we had a crack on the other week, um, it was that same feeling. Pick up, play, just enjoy it. Just revel in the universe and the game modes and, and just have a good time. And that's what I liked about it. I didn't feel that need to spend 15 hours just so I could be competitive. Um, that team gameplay aspect is what sold it to me. Uh, and, and that's it. I, you know, I am really looking forward to it coming out. Yeah, let's draw a line under that right now. Let's. Yeah, yeah, let's just move on. <laughs> What's next on your list? More DLC. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, funnily <laughs> enough. No, go two weeks on, 1st of December. And we've got Doom VFR, the next offering of Bethesda's VR series. So we've got Skyrim on the 17th, we get Doom on the 1st. And this is a budget price, so I've got a sneaking suspicion it's a very short experience. It's not the full game. It's 20 quid. So I'm going to say, after the Skyrim experience, no. Really? I think it's a cut-down version. I don't think it's the full thing. Explore all new UAC Martian research facility areas and discover the unique abilities of a cybernetic UAC security operative. It is not Doom. Oh, so it's new. Oh. It's set in same world, but it's different. Oh, that's that's disappointing. You can't play Doom and not be Doom guy. Oh, it looks like you're going to in this. I, I'm interested in playing it because I enjoyed Doom that much. Any game that has the balls to go Doom virtual reality as its actual title 
<laughs> probably deserves a playthrough. I'm glad they've gone with a teleport mechanic on it because it, Doom being so fast-paced, it'd just be motion sickness galore. I'm trying to play a first-person game like that, oh, it's it is tough. It is really tough first-person games in in VR. You yeah. got to stick with them, short bursts to try and acclimatize yourself, and even then, it doesn't always work. You'd have to end up with those Teflon shoes like I wore at EGX in 2016 and <laughs> nearly broke my coccyx. <laughs> yeah, just try and give yourself that illusion of movement. I mean, GT Sport is bad enough and sat in the chair with the steering wheel going around a track that makes you feel sick because of the disconnect. But for, yeah, first person is really tough to do. And actually, in fairness, first person movement can be okay as long as, as long as it's not a smooth motion left or right. As long as it's kind of a stuttered jump, it's really strange, really strange. It's, it's a tough one to describe, and you actually do have to have a go at something in first person to see whether it suits you or not. But it, it doesn't for a lot of people. Speaking of first person VR, yeah, Bravo Team was, was meant to be released in December as well. I was going to come to those at the end, but um, you've, you've touched on them now. So yeah, Bravo Team was supposed to be released in December, and The Inpatient was supposed to be released in November. Both coming from Supermassive Games the guys who made Until Dawn and Until Dawn Rush of Blood. So two cracking examples of previous work. And for the reasons of polish, it seems to be, they've been put back to next year. It's a shame, especially with them both being um, kind of pre-holiday season. Can we just say Christmas? Mm. Pre-Christmas releases. Now pushed back until next year. You can only think that's probably going to damage sales. Well, no, I think they've done it. Because you look at the VR big game lineup, you've got Skyrim, you've got Doom. Now, probably not this one because it's PC only, but you've got Fallout 4 as well. Mm. You've got three massive VR titles coming. If you release your potentially niche unknown games at the same time, are you going to cannibalize your own sales? So I wonder if they've said, look, genuinely, we do need to do a bit more work on them. Let's push them back into next year. So I, I don't know if it's gone to January or February. But it's first part of next year they're coming out. I'm just slightly disappointed because I was quite looking forward to the inpatient. How do you feel for the support that the VR's getting? There's still quite a lot coming out. I've actually, last night, I had a session uh, for the first time in quite a while. I've been playing Dead Hungry, which I'm aiming to put a review up this week, which then made me think, oh, I got that bonus level for I Expect You to Die. I need to play that. So I did that. And then there's an app called Anywhere VR which is kind of like um, a virtual reality relaxation program where there's like 360 video clips. So you're sat in an environment like uh, at a beach, waves lapping up, it's, uh, just nice and relaxed, chilled music. And you can actually project your phone or tablet into the screen. <laughs> so you can glance and use your, your phone whilst you're in VR. Or you can have your tweets scrolling if you um, if you authorise Twitter. Tweets scrolling across the sky. It's quite strange. That's amazing. And I can't I can't see a decent use for it at all because quite frankly, if I want to use my phone, I'm not gonna put a big heads up. Oh on to man, do that. no, I would totally I would totally spend my time on a virtual beach just having my tweets scroll across the sky as I lay on the sand with the beautiful warm sea lapping at my toes. It'd be amazing. <laughs> you realise the cat's licking your foot. Don't joke, I've had that. Uh, whilst in VR, the cat, cat licked my fingers. <laughs> 
it was frightening because it was during the shark attack <laughs> in PlayStation Worlds. And it was just as the shark rammed the cage and the cat licks my fingers. No. <laughs> it was proper frightening. Oh, no. Talk about immersion. But yeah, it's very weird. But you only get two movies for free and then you've got to pay for the other scenes. I mean, there are hundreds of them, but you you have to... Yeah, you have to fork out cash to get anything different. And I, I was sat messing around with it last night thinking, well, this is an interesting experience, but this isn't something I'm going to use. But basically, I had a full night of VR and started to get back into some of it and, and started to realise I, I do have a couple of games on the unfinished VR pile. I still haven't finished Farpoint. I know I've got a couple of levels left on that. I've got a couple of other bits that I want to use the AIM controller for. Um, and Bravo Team, I quite like the look of. That's going to get use out of that, but That'll be next year. There's plenty of VR content. There is plenty of it around. There's lots of experiences that are now starting to get games and sort of decent length things as well. And there's there's new content constantly. Each time I've gone to the store, each week I go and have a look, there's something new. So I think the support's there. They just released a bundle coming up to Christmas. So I think they're just still hoping people are going to pick it up. It's a tough sell if you've not tried one. I mean, we've said this before. We've had plenty of conversations about it. If you've not actually had a go in it, I think it's it's tough to put the money on it. Are they selling the new updated version now with the HDR pass-through? I haven't noticed if it was the new one or not. But, you know, even if it's the old version, just unplugging the cable and plugging it in if you need the HDR. Not really an issue. I'm quite lazy. When you've got the headset on, obviously the HDR doesn't come into play. Obviously, only when you look at that. And, and assuming you've got an HDR-enabled set, because a lot of, well, the majority of people still don't have and, and are not planning to upgrade to HDR and 4K for some time. Champs. Is it, we've a while to go yet. That's all I say. Next generation. It'll be next generation before we start hitting saturation point. Well, that all went off on a little bit of a tangent, didn't it? <laughs> We sat down to talk about a few of the games that are coming up in the next couple of weeks and we've ended up going into some depth about our feelings about the future of VR. Yeah. (laughs) The state of VR. Hopefully you found it interesting. If you've got any thoughts or any comments on what we've talked about, if you agree or disagree with anything, let us know on Twitter and Facebook. Um, We're always glad to hear your comments. And I've, I've just got one last thing to throw in. Go on then. Well, while we're talking about new games, you know, just out releases and stuff coming up, I've got one in my hand, genuinely in my hand, to give away. <laughs> I'm laughing because I know that you've actually got two. <laughs> shh, shh. The other one's a secret. We've got, oh, anyway, I won't go into the story, but needless to say, whenever, whenever we contact certain people to say, oh, we've got this game and, you know, we don't, we don't actually know what to do with it because we can't play it. They just send us another copy and we don't know why. <laughs> I can end up with a mountain oven by Christmas. Sorry, it's like mitosis. Right, so, <laughs> yeah. so we do have a game to give away. We have a Switch game as well. Yes. Well, for all of you Switch players out there, or anybody who might be getting Switch for Christmas, or anybody who's thinking about picking one up uh, and wants a game to kick off your collection or add to your collection... We have a copy of Farming Simulator. Yes, yeah, so if you've got a Switch, if you, have you ever sat there on the bus on your way to work and thought, do you know what? I'm wasting my time here 
playing Super Mario Odyssey with all the hats. I wish I was just, I wish I was tending my farm. Well, now, boy, can we help you with that. If you, if you like farming farming machinery, (laughs) then I've got something for you. I've got something for you. We'll do it in a minute. Anyway. Okay. We'll do it in a minute. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll do that bit in a minute. Okay. But first this. So if you want to win yourself a copy of Farming Simulator, is it, what is it, 2017, 2018? Farming Simulator Nintendo Switch Edition. Oh, yes. If you want to win, it's an actual genuine sealed Switch game. What are we going to do? Well, we want to, oh, that's good. We want to, we want to sow the seeds of a community and nurture, nurture our blossoming audience. Um, Ah, Yeah, that's much better. Yeah. And then, um, and then chop you all down with a combine harvester. Uh, so, I think what we should do is, why don't we ask people to suggest ways that we can grow our audience? Yes. Brilliant. And the best one, judged by ourselves, wins Farming Simulator. Yeah. Yeah. If you've, if you've got a way that will grow our audience, that you suggest we do, or, you know, only putting a little idea in your head, actually grow our audience for us. Yeah, if you want to take out an advert on the tube or on the side of a bus, we don't mind. We'll send you the artwork. Put us in a national Sunday newspaper every week, <laughs> directing people to the website. You know, we we appreciate things like that. Any ideas at all, best idea or most listeners due to your idea, wins a copy of Farming Simulator Nintendo Switch Edition. Well, that sounds good. Okay, so they can tweet us. Tweet us, Facebookers. We're Codec Moments on both of those. Yep. You could email us, podcast at codecmoments.com. With it being a physical copy of the game, we are UK only, I'm afraid. But if you're outside the UK, please, please feel free to get in touch. We we still want to hear your suggestions. Yeah, okay. So let us know how we can grow our audience. And uh, for the best suggestion, we'll, we've got a copy of Farming Simulator on the Switch. Yeah. Right, now talking about farmyard machinery. You've been wetting yourself up with this for ages. So come on then, let's get it over with. Right, I did a thing. I tried to do a thing. <laughs> didn't. All right, didn't so much work. Okay, so right, okay, I put this together in the hope that I could make a quiz out of it. I'm not sure it entirely worked, but it was it was funny anyway. So, um, a couple of weeks ago, Real Farm was released. Real Farm, okay. So it's it's basically like another farming simulator game. There are a few. I've had a press release about a different one this week as well. A lot of controversy, a lot of people saying, oh, it's not going to be any good. It hasn't got actual licensed farm machinery. Oh, well, that's what you want in a farming simulator, really. It's a big thing in the world of farming simulators. You want the actual licenses. Otherwise, you end up just driving a, I don't know, a... Gennaro tractor. Yeah. Yeah. A James Fawn. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody wants that. But anyway, I decided I was going to try and come up with a quiz based around real farm somehow. Okay. I'm not sure I really managed it, if I'm honest. In fact, all I came up with was, is this a piece of agricultural machinery or a sex move? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure this is a quiz that belongs on our podcast. Um, I'll give you a clue. They're all pieces of agricultural machinery. (laughs) Every single one. But seriously, farmers, (laughs) what are you doing? We've got. Maybe this is why the games are so popular. <laughs> We've got box drill, <laughs> plow, 
Well, yeah, all right. Personal favourite, bean harvester. <laughs> Strip till. <laughs> Subsoiler. Ooh. Um, I'm not sure I like the sound of a chisel plough. Ooh, nasty. No, culty packer. Kinky. Yeah, backhoe. <laughs> <laughs> they get worse. Threshing machine. Hog oiler. Drag harrow. Yard scraper. Post driver. <laughs> Mulching machine, hedge trimmer, aquatic weed harvester. That was a good one. <laughs> a grinder mixer, a front end loader, oh and, a, and a milking machine. And <laughs> all actual genuine pieces of agricultural machinery. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that was, uh, that was this week's Codec Moments podcast. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>